Welcome to College Sports Conversations presented by the NCAA. I'm Corbin McGuire. The NFL Draft is an event where hundreds of college football players are given the opportunity to continue their athletic careers as professionals. One of those individuals was Daryl Stuckey, former KU defensive back who was selected by the San Diego Chargers in the fourth round of the 2010 NFL Draft. Stuckey played seven years in the league, including a Pro Bowl season, um, and after his playing days ended, he was hired back at his alma mater at Kansas, where he's now the director of football relations. Part of his role now is helping the next generation of college football players. We had the fortune of spending time with Stuckey when he was one of the featured speakers at the NCAA Elite Student Athlete Symposium for Football, which is an event that prepares high-profile college players for their journey in the NFL. In our discussion, the former 2008 All-Big 12 first-team safety talked about his current role in football, what he wishes he'd known going into the NFL, the impact college sports had on his life and continues to have on young men and women, and his general philosophies for student-athletes. Here's our conversation. Daryl, thanks for joining us. You played seven seasons in the NFL. You could have done a number of things when you were done playing and retired. Talk to us a little bit about why it was important for you to give back to student athletes in the way that you are now in your off the field role at Kansas. I think it's important for those who come before us to take ownership over guaranteeing the next generation is better or doesn't make the same mistakes or doesn't have to go through the same things you went through or if it's something in your story that can help them why wouldn't you share it? And I, th and I think that it's my duty personally to share my story. And it, that's what drove me back to my alma mater, is to be able to help young men, particularly student athletes who usually play football right now at this point, um, to fully maximize their full potential. And if I have something in my past or that I encountered or witnessed from somebody else's uh, journey along my side of mine, I want to share that. And there's not many of us that know a lot about football but are, so, but are comfortable being off the field and seeing those cues that tell us that they may not be doing so well today or seeing the way they have a change in their pattern and the way they move or respond to their coach or take coaching and be able to stand next to them as they come off the field and say, hey, what's going on? Coach, I'm good. No, 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 no. The way you respond to your coach today tells me different. Seriously, what's going on? and being able to have those relationships to where you know the ups and downs in footballs and the pressures of external motivation. So what drives me to come back, if I can soften the noise externally for some of these young men to hear their own thoughts and understand what they truly need to succeed and truly need to maximize their full potential, to stay out of their own way, but be their best cheerleader, because we're our own worst enemies at the end of the day. And if we have the ability to focus our desires in one direction, our energy in one direction, and not with a whole bunch of emotional, See, emotions are great indicators, but terrible dictators. And our ability to keep the main thing the main thing and be focused on our goals, as well as the people along the way, we, we feel fully fulfilled when we reach our destination because of who we brought with us along the way. We always hear about how difficult the transition can be when the playing career ends and how student athletes really need to start thinking about that sooner than later. Regardless of when it happens at the end of college or if you're fortunate enough to have a professional career like you did, you know, that transition is really difficult. How did you figure out how to navigate that and what you wanted to do when you were done playing? 
trial and error. No. <laughs> when I got to the University of Kansas, I wanted to be an architect. I wasn't that great at math, and classes weren't as flexible as they are now for our student athletes. And for me, I'm very faith-based and I always make a joke and say, I want to be a builder of houses, and God joked and said, hey, I'm gonna make you a builder of men. <laughs> and when I went to the University of Kansas, I went through a lot prior to that in my own personal life that I had to overcome, that I had to find a way to stay out of my own way and to not carry weight that was unnecessary, to not be carrying my book bag backwards in front of me to, that, that throws off all of my pace to be able to walk and throwing bricks down on the ground in front of me as I walk to not trip over them and to realize that, wait, I can control the way I respond. I can choose the environment I want to be in, but I have to first find out what environment I'm best in. And when I, when I was able to do that and slow down, it changed everything. When I was able to keep the game of football or whatever sport somebody competes in, because I was a multi-sport athlete growing up. I was first team I was state in baseball before I was ever in football. And if I wanted to compete at the highest level, I had to not allow it to become a game of depravity. I had to keep that joy that we had as kids when we scored our first touchdown or home run or won our first match or first set or swim our first lap. We had to have the joy sustained. And that joy to be sustained, you gotta go out there free without thinking about the responsibilities that you've <laughs> procrastinated on or the tests you have. You had to have order to your personal life first. So that game was just still a game. I really love how you just phrased that and kind of found that pace and place in your life. Obviously, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but you're now in a position to be able to pour into student athletes and give them advice on how to navigate that experience that you've already lived, um, especially for those who get an opportunity to play in the NFL. Um, so I'm curious if you had a time machine and could go back, talk to senior Daryl um, as you were starting to think and prepare for the NFL and that next stage of life. What would you tell yourself? Um, what, what do you wish you'd known before going into that next journey? <laughs> what would I have known? That it would be the hardest year of my life. And I say that because in college, the environment is conducive and everybody there is set for you to thrive without an agenda. Yeah, they want to win, but the support resources we have now in the NCAA and in athletics of these universities is unmatched. And a lot of it is because of recruitment, and now because of the transfer portal and because of NIL. But when you go to the, any professional in any sport, it's only based on your production. It's based on your ability to perform. And yes, in college you get there because you can perform, but they chose you and they committed to you for four or five years. And in that time frame, success isn't based off of did you go professional, but are you maximizing every opportunity that this game gives you? the education, the opportunities of, of, of networking. Because the thing you, that college gives you the most is people, the relationships. And those people that you meet in college change your perspectives. They give you better vision of who you can be, who you are, and who you don't want to be. They make you realize that some of your limited experiences in high school and in your adolescent years weren't enough. They make us more rational. They make us think outside of ourselves. And what I can tell myself then, you're doing okay. You're doing actually pretty damn well. <laughs> You're doing pretty good. Keep going. Don't give up. It will work for your good if you see it through. Mm. Yeah, good advice for student-athletes and everybody listening. I, I think that's very poignant.
uh, transitioning a little bit um, to those like you who have an impact on student athletes. Um, you know, student athletes come across a lot of people during their time on campus who pour into them, have an impact. Um, often it leads to lifelong friendships and relationships. Um, and and you, you did mention um, a lot of the people that poured and helped you out um, at KU. Just you know, who were some of those people that, that really had an impact? It was coaches. It was players, teammates. It was administrators. It, I believe the student athletes today needs touch points. They need contact. And when, I, and when I say contact, there needs to be different people in different departments coming in contact with every student athlete because they have to know that not only do they belong, but everybody here is here for you to thrive. And the, the worst thing I, that, that we can hear as um, administrators at a college is that on the exit meeting, a student athlete was like, I wish I would have known we had these resources. That's the worst thing you want to hear because you, we, we fight for the resources to make their, their lives better, but then we, we don't communicate it properly or get them to slow down and process everything so they know that, hey, hey the answer's right here. <laughs> You're going to need this. And so for me is thank you to all the people that saw something in me or didn't see enough out of me and wanted more. We both recognize that we're in a very different era of college ath athletics uh, than when you came through 15 years ago in a lot of ways between social media, NIL opportunities, the transfer portal. Uh, how do you get today's student athlete with all of the attention and pressure they deal with to not be overwhelmed by it all and make the most of their college experience? From your position, just what's been key and successful to, to really reach them? I think for them to be present. I think to stop giving so much weight to those that are, that are saying things virally or virtually or digitally and listen to the people that are there physically in front of you because the people that are physically in front of you are the ones whose words should matter more than who's texting you or messaging you. Or, and don't be afraid of connection. Being face-to-face -face sometimes feels too committed, feels too, <laughs> too real and allow yourself to feel that realness. Like you can acknowledge your emotions, they're great indicators, but they are terrible dictators. And a lot of times if we don't allow ourselves to feel things, we don't understand how to control those feelings and those emotions. And today, everybody wants to be passionate about something, but our, our society is so overstimulated that there's so many external motivators and triggers that get people to perform a certain way that for you to master your own journey and fully maximize your full potential, it has to be an inward motivation. It can't be something that's based on this song or that song or, or the presence of this or the, or the absence of that. It, it has to be, what are we doing? And if something you love, nothing should provoke you. You should choose. It was the first gift we ever given was a gift of choice. And we shouldn't take our own choice away because we give it to something external. Totally agree. I wanted to ask you one last question as we wrap up here. Um, you've been in your current role a little, a little more than a year. You're not coaching them on the field, but you're really coaching them in life and in so many ways that they're going to carry with them um, beyond football. So when you think about the impact that you're having, you know, what's the most rewarding part of your day or your week of your year? Just what really gives you energy when you go to your, do your job? I think when you stand with the player and the, you're in the office with them and, and you can see them truly as they are and they allow you in. They allow you and trust you to be a part of their journey. And then you start to see growth. 
And then something beautiful happens. You see shame go away. You see freedom present itself in their lives. And you see them fully playing the game they love without any restraint. There was nothing more beautiful than that. I mean, especially me now as a father of like four, four kids, like married for going on 12 years in a month and a half. Like the most amazing thing that any parent could do is learn how to serve their family and maximize their full potential. That's our goal. And so we have the ability to do that with somebody who may or may not have that in their life or they're in a part of their life where they really need it. And they've came to you to trust you with it. And they just met you because of happenstance, because they chose to come to a certain place. But we should not take that for granted. And when we can do that without an agenda, it's amazing. When you see a, a young athlete grow confidence in themselves to not hesitate or to not shrink themselves because of lack of affirmation or lack of trust or lack of folks in who they are, like that's powerful. It's powerful and it, and it, and it, and it allows us to, to go above and beyond, especially in a world where everybody wants to compare themselves to each other. Everybody wants to see what everybody else has got and they lose focus on what they already have and they focus on what they don't have. And, but when you get people to really focus on what's truly in their hand and to maximize what that is and use it for good, because no matter what we believe in the world, your ability to meet the needs of others or make life more convenient is what truly makes you successful. Daryl, thank you so much for the time and perspective. Really appreciate it. That does it for this edition of College Sports Conversations presented by the NCAA. We hope that you've enjoyed hearing about Daryl's journey and how he's trying to give student-athletes the best experience possible. Thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to talking with you again.